Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is a journey into sound. Much as you try to bury it, the truth is out there. Truth lives right here, Houston. On this day, I see clearly. Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bijani and Creighton. Area 45 on Sports Radio 610. A happy Friday to everybody out there listening. If you're making your way home, please be safe and enjoy your weekend. We appreciate you getting it started with us. I am Sean Bijani, Patrick Creighton. Out this evening, but in is one Adam Spolane. Uh, Adam doing a lot of things for us, as he always does, covering the Rockets and uh, getting ramped up for the Astros as they are three days into pitchers and catchers having reported down in Florida for spring training. So he's been all over the top of those two things and more. And so we're glad to have Spo in here with us tonight. Chris Santiago, he's here. He ain't going anywhere. Uh, producing, doing a great job as always. You want to be a part of the show. He's the gatekeeper. You can give him a shout, 713-572-4610, if you want to be a part of the program that way, call or text. We've got him up. Yep, there you go. And he'll pick right up and say, hey, have a take, don't suck, uh, and keep it short. Um, but, hey, we'll let you go a little long, too. We like talking to you. I want you to be a part of the show. Hit us up on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, you can watch us that way. Spoke. Uh, good to see you, man. It's yeah. been a little bit. I uh, haven't seen you, I don't think, since the last Texans regular season game, or playoff game, rather, it was. Um, so, you said you ain't going on vacation. It's you and me tonight getting the weekend started. Like, let's get this thing popping, man. How about Patrick already taking vacation? Uh, well, it's well-deserved. That dude's been grinding. He is at the Eagles concert tonight. Uh, it's at Toyota Center. So, he's at the Eagles concert with the wifey, enjoying a much-needed and well-deserved uh, night off. So I said, go right ahead, well, man. It's been like two weeks. Yeah, but he had a flat tire coming into work last night. So I feel like that was the cherry on top. It's well earned. He missed the first segment last night. Dude two weeks. Needs a, he needs a break. And he didn't even, he wasn't even here for the full, for the whole show yesterday. And he's already, geez, <laughs> giving him a hard time. I'm on man. team Ron here. <laughs> team Ron <laughs> was Ron piling on. Aren't, aren't him and Ron beefing? No, that's over. That it's was over? fake. Yeah, that was fake. Oh. That was manufactured uh, show-on-show violence. I'm, Though I'm team Ron. The real show-on-show violence. Um, I'm sure you've noticed our nice, clean window area over there. It is now minus, like, 15 bottles of Mad Dog 2020. So we have Bud Light. <laughs> so we have Bud Light back here now. Uh, you can thank John Lopez for uh, trashing that and the lovely cleaning ladies uh, for carrying out that 75-pound bag of... Uh, <laughs> Mad dog last night. You know, I, I did see some banter about this. Would it have killed John or Landry or Clint or Ron to take it out themselves? Uh, no, but they just like the look. I mean, they wanted the lick. They had the liquor no, store but, but vibe. Once, but once John threw it away, he could have taken the garbage bag oh. out of the studio and disposed of it wherever it gets disposed. Well, see, I don't even think he should have disposed of it, to be honest with you. I mean... It's theirs. They. I don't know how much Mad Dog 2020 costs. I mean, that looked like, what, um, a 24-ounce bottle? Something like that? Maybe 36-ounce bottle? Well, how much does that cost, Chris? Probably like Why you six, Chris? seven bucks. Six, seven bucks. And they yeah. had, like, legit <laughs> 10. In my day, yeah, I used to drink, though. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody did, I think. It was. I was a Boone's Farm kid, you know, back in the day. In Man, my pre-legal drinking days, we used to make the mix those with like uh, some other stuff. So don't want to get in too too into detail with that. But yeah. oh, let's <laughs> no, let's not let's. <laughs> mix it with other things. Hmm, what could it be? Baja Blast, maybe? No, you're probably thinking of something else. Um, 
No, like take it down to the kitchen. Like that's all I was thinking. You know, take it down to the kitchen. Even put it in another studio. Um, I mean, once they're disposed of, take the trash bag out. <laughs> that thing was heavy, dude. I tried to pick well, it up to give it to the cleaner lady last night. And I'm Clint like, is, Clint is a <laughs> Clint is in very good shape. Ron is in good shape. Ron is in good so, shape. So Ron mean, probably works harder on his body than Clint does. So somebody's got to like take that out and. Help out the cleaning people. Yeah. Is that hard to ask for? No, it's Ty- not. Tyler's it's... in good shape. Tyler could have done it too. But you know what? You have three able-bodied men who could have saved the Able cleaning people. Able-bodied Spo, but a little lazy. Well, clearly. Uh, <laughs> you know? Clearly. Just a, a little lazy and um, maybe a little too I'd OCD take, for I'd their liking. It. I'd have done it if I were here. Are you OCD like me? No. No? But you would have done it? Yeah. Just, just to be nice? Well, at least put it out in the hallway. I, I can say I'm gonna. Do, I was gonna do it because I wasn't here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. How convenient. Um, so since PC's at the Eagles concert tonight at Toyota Center, um, I'm assuming this is probably a bucket list item for him because he couldn't do anything but uh, you know say he was going literally every single night that we've been doing the show. Do uh, you guys have any bucket list concerts that that you would want to go to? Are you not a concert guy? Um. I'm okay with. I haven't been to many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that I really care about. Like if I can listen to whoever. Yeah. Was that my, even something you were phone? into when you were younger? No, I never did. No, when I, was I was a big concert guy. Yeah. I mean, I didn't go to a lot because I mean, look, they're pricey. They were pricey back in the day, but um, I can watch live performances on YouTube now, so it's not. <laughs> look at you. Yeah, I know. That's such a slow answer, Chris. You got a bucket lister? So uh, um, last oh, six o'clock hour, I was thinking. I wrote some down. The weekend, Tame Impala, Kanye. See, but you can you can listen to all these people on your phone, or you can watch performances that they have done it's on not the same. No, a concert is just it's it's, it's a vibe. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's like going to a baseball game. You want to go to a baseball game? You want to watch it on the TV? I, I go to baseball games. You're nothing special. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, you are so desensitized to that. I mean, for people that don't get to go all the time, you know, the people that buy. Or even wish they could buy the 28-game mini-season plans. Like, that's an event. You know, you get a chance to go a couple of three times a month. <laughs> it's a lot of games. It is a lot of games. <laughs> that's the way lot. to go, though. The people that have the one, you know, the 81-game packages. 10 bucks for the hot dog. 15 bucks for the beer. You got to know where to park, though. soda. You got to know where to park. It's, I mean. And you got to know. You, you know you're going to be able to flip the cash. If you're buying those plans, you know, the then if beverages. They make, and, then if they make the playoffs, you got to pay 70 bucks to park. No, again, you got to know where to park. There, it's hard downtown. I know a spot, man. I've known a spot, and I've had a spot. Tell for... the people. No, because it's going to go away. They're going to jack up the rates. No, tell us. I'll tell you guys privately. Well, I okay. Don't care. <laughs> you have a credential, so you don't need it. I don't need it. <laughs> I don't have a credential. I have to request one if I ever want to go. So I do tell, need it. Tell frequently. the listeners. Tell the, tell the loyal listeners. It's a lot closer than you think. It is so close that. How much does it cost? How much do you pay? Oh, man, I don't even... Okay, I can tell you. I'm not going to tell you where it is, but I'll tell you how much it costs. $7, and it's within three blocks. So it's one of the meters? No, it's not a meter. It is an establishment. Okay. Oh, okay. It is an establishment that has been there for a very, very long time, and I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. There's a spot at NRG, because there were times where we wouldn't get parking passes for NRG, and there's a spot on the other side of Kirby that's like behind the car dealership that a bunch of people would park at. Uh, spot on the other side of oh the car dealership. Yeah, yeah. No, just, no, no. You said Kirby. Yeah. I was thinking. Uh, no, it, no, no, no. Uh, like Main Street. No, no. it's Kirby. There's, there's a dealership off of Main Street. Though. I think there's one off of Kirby, or there's something off of Kirby, and you got it's a few blocks down. Okay, but and I don't know if you can still do this, but no, there'd be a bunch of people who'd park there, and it's a bit of a hike, which is rough. But in it's the cheap. It's free. Oh, it's free? Yeah, it's free. Holy crap. All God, right. I think I'm paying. There you go. There you go. You know what I had done, and it's been sketchy, man. Uh, we've been hard up against it where back in the day I couldn't get a credential to work the Texans game. And at the park at uh, the Fiesta. You know, well, they'll f- tell you now. Well, I, I used that, to just I used to just go up to the teal lot. That was the scary I, part. I wouldn't have a parking pass for the teal lot, and mm-hmm. I'll just go up there and say, hey, man, how you doing? Let me write in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's no longer there. They theoretically could tell you, but I mean, how do they know that I'm not at Fiesta, you know, for like six hours? When when I was in high school, we would... (laughs) There's cameras. Well, when I was in high school, we would uh, 
park at the the Kroger that was behind our high school. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden one day they just towed everybody. Jeez. And that was it. That is just that, that ruined it. Yeah, a, man. A friend of mine literally saw his car getting towed in class. He stormed out of the classroom and tried to make it so and tried to get the guy not to tow it. Oh. He's waiting in line at the ATM to pay the guy off. That's cold, man. I was I was scared. I was scared, scared, scared a few years back, man. I parked downtown and it was it was so dark downtown. Like, and I, I was in a rush. I parked right in front of the damn courthouse. And I was just I parked and I literally ran because I knew I had to get something real quick and then go back. My car was gone. And how do you know where it's towed to? I don't even know how I remember finding out where it was towed to, but we went and it cost a couple hundred bucks. That was not exciting. Biggest not scam fun. in the world. It is. Yeah. Well, one of the biggest scams. Uh, most definitely. But I- I'll give you my bucket lists. And I want to hear from you. 713-572-46. Then you can text in, hit us up on Twitch and YouTube. Your bucket list concert items. There's two that I had that I, I'll i always have now because the, <laughs> they're dead. I can't see them. Tom Petty and Linkin Park. Those are the two that I always wanted to go see. And I was trying to think of like, what do I want to go see now? I have no idea. The Rolling Stones probably anytime they come into town, which I think they're supposed to be coming in in April or June, July, one of those. Um. I'm going to that. I just don't know where I'm sitting yet. We got like this little raffle thing for 38, 48 bucks, whatever it is. You're guaranteed two tickets, but you don't know where you're sitting until you show up that night. So it could be on the floor. It could be in section 640. It's going to be section 640. (laughs) Yeah, most likely. I don't care. Not to to burst the bubble. Can I tell you though, I had the worst possible seat you could have at NRG for a concert. At least one of when I, when Metallica came through a handful of years ago. And we were all the way up in the 600s, but it was straight back. So the stage was right in front of us. That was still the best concert I've ever been to in my entire life. And I was so far away, you couldn't even see the guys on stage. But the sound was amazing. It didn't matter where you were. You could have been on the floor. You could have been in the suite level. I was in the sixes, and it was all good. I would I would want to go to the Spear in Vegas. Uh, oh, yeah. Just because I've heard that it's just an incredible experience. Um, I think right now it's only U2 playing. U2's fine. I wouldn't pay like a ton of money to go that's see That's so U2. funny you say that. Why are they, they've been playing then there for months. I like, think that that's just who has the residency there. For months? Yeah. That's, I mean, there are all, all, all these artists. I mean, why do you need U2 to play the same thing like multiple times they a sell, month? sell out every, every show, I imagine. Because of more of the sphere and the experience there than probably no, it's U2. U2 is U2. I mean, that's, but I, I if they did like, I do think it would be cool if they did, like, cycle in other people, but I think U2 probably has the, the contract. Yeah, I, I remember not even realizing the Sphere was a thing, and I was flipping through, like, Instagram or uh, Twitter, one of those, uh, one night, and it just started showing, like, you know, the video screen, the inside of the Sphere, and it's playing a U2 song, and I'm just thinking, like, yeah, it's this trippy little video or whatever, and you kind of zoom out, and it's somebody's video sitting way up top. And I'm like, what in the world is this thing? And then, you know, that cuts and it shows the sphere from the exterior. And I'm like, what is this? Is this real? Yeah, it, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I've, I've seen people and, who say it's just an incredible experience there. Yeah. Um, but I saw this guy. I think he did it while the guys were uh, in Vegas for Super Bowl. Somebody scaled the sphere. Did you see this guy? Yeah. He climbed. And that really, for me let me know just how gigantic that place is. So I'd be totally all about going to see anything, anybody at the Sphere. I just want to go and take in that experience. I don't even know if I would listen to the music. I just, I want to see all the trippy video and and just be a part of the atmosphere, which I heard, like, unless you're down low, that's pretty scary. Apparently the, the seats are really steep. The steepest seats I've ever been in are at Toyota Center, sitting way up top, and that's been well, years some, ago. There's some football stadiums. Right? I mean, man, I'd never been in anything like Toyota Center. I'd literally felt like you take a wrong step. I mean, you're you're gone. You're getting old. <laughs> well, I mean, I was young then when I went up there. I haven't been to Toyota Center as a fan up top in, geez, 15 years. It's been a while. 713-572-4610. Day three of spring training, as I'd mentioned, uh, underway. Uh, it'll be day four tomorrow. First full squad workout is set for Monday, February 19th. So that's when it really gets popping. Uh, but some of the guys are there early. And one guy that I got really excited uh, to hear from today was one Chaz McCormick. He spoke to the media, talked about team struggles at home last year, uh, earning playing time, 
uh, belief in him and Myers from the organization and his improvement at the plate this past season. I want to play this cut for you, though, because he talked a little bit about his um, improvement and playing for Joe Espada. And it doesn't matter what manager he plays for. He just knows he has to perform any other way. Uh, I, I, I mean, they're both great coaches. They're both, they both know their baseball really well. So I don't think there'll be much of a difference. I mean, you know, I personally, I have to go out and perform. If I want to, if I perform, I'm going to play. If I don't, I'm not going to play. So it's the same thing. I got the same mindset going in. I don't, I don't really care what I did last year. It's a, right now I have to work and get better every day. I love hearing that, you know, for a guy like Chaz McCormick, who you covered the team every single day last year, man, you know, the narrative that it was. Can you clear a little something up for us in regards to Chaz McCormick? And, you know, look, Dusty's gone. He's in Frisco now. The belief by the organization in one Chaz McCormick, what it was last year, what it's been, and what it is coming into this season that he's going to play another prominent role for this team. I mean, there was a ton of belief in him. I, I don't... I don't think that he was an infallible player, and I think that he did get a lot better from 2022 to 2023. And I think as he you saw that improvement, he was basically playing every single day last year for a good portion of the year, especially when Gordon Alvarez got hurt. He does have some weaknesses in his game. Defensively, he's not great. Offensively, he can get a little swing happy, and he struggled at times, but I, I, I don't know how many games that he wound up playing in, but... He played a ton. He so, did. He played a lot. He played a lot more last did, year than he did the year prior too. I mean, he's kind of a sin. He's an ascending player, in my opinion. So, so there was this narrative though that ah, oh, Dusty Baker doesn't like him. And listen, it was he Dusty Baker's probably favorite player in the world. No, because again, he did have some flaws that he still needs to clean up. But Dusty Baker still played him a good amount. So it uh, 115 games last year. It was 115. He missed what he? I think he missed about three weeks with the back injury. Uh, he did not play. He was not playing every day at the start of the year before the back. And then once Alvarez got hurt, he was in there every single day. And then they kind of shuffled some guys in and out. Yeah. But he was playing. He played a lot. He played more last year than he did the year before, I think. Well, no. And I said the same thing, too. It feels that way. He actually played in four fewer games last year. And that was because of the injury, though. But he got 50 more plate appearances. Yeah. And his at-bats, he got 44 more at-bats last year. And the overall production... Uh, was better. And you go back and you look and see what he's done since he started with this ball club in 2021. I mean, the numbers are better and better each year. And I, I just, I think he's an ascending player. And I bring that up because what I wanted to talk about um, as we kind of get the show started here is, you know, who are we going to learn the most about this season with the Astros? I think... For a lot of fans, because there's the expectation that we see a little bit more, certainly health is a big part of it, but a guy like Chaz McCormick. We see a little bit more of a guy like Jake Myers. We see a lot more of a guy like Yiner Diaz. I mean, I could go down the list. I kind of want to know from you, the listener, the fan, 713 who do you think we're going to learn the most about this year? One way or the other, positive or negative. I want to get Spo's take on that. Maybe give me your top three, top five guys, whoever. It doesn't have to be any certain number, but the most important things we're going to learn about those individuals. Coming up next, we'll get into it. It's Area 45, Sports Radio 610. Happy Friday, everybody. Stick with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bajani and Creighton. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, they should believe Jake, uh, believe Jake and I. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have a great outfit out there. Um, obviously, you know, we're going to miss Uncle Mike. But, you know, it's huge, you know, to have some confidence in the, in the office and, you know, know that they believe in us and they, they support us. Um, it's huge. Jazz McCormick weighing in earlier today on the belief, the trust that the Houston Astros have in both him and Jake Myers. A couple of the three pieces in the outfield for Houston this season. Of course, uh, MVP candidate Kyle Tucker is the other one of those in right field. Is Chaz McCormick a legitimate ascending player? Is he one of the guys that you feel like can take another step forward? Is he one of those that you feel like you're going to learn a little bit more about this season? One way or the other, 713-572-4610 is how you can weigh in. You could call, you could text, uh, be a part of the chat on Twitch and YouTube. You can also tweet at us, at Adam Spolane, at Sean Bajani for myself, on Twitter. So I give you guys just a handful of individuals that came to mind immediately for me when I was thinking about this question earlier today. Who will we learn the most about this season? Chaz McCormick was my number one that just came to my mind first. Jeremy Pena, is he who he is? Or is he closer to the version of Jeremy Pena that we saw in his rookie year in the postseason? Um, Jose Abreu. I feel like um, we're not talking about that guy enough right now as spring training gets started. Maybe that'll ramp up, but is is he a guy that just maybe left his best back in Chicago before becoming a Houston Astro? JV, Justin Verlander. Is it just that his body can't hold up any longer? And Jake Myers, is he just simply not a starting caliber player for a World Series contending team? Not saying that he's maybe not a starting caliber center fielder in Major League Baseball, because I think a lot of teams would like to have his services for his defense in the outfield. But what say you? 713-572-4610. Anybody pique your interest, Spo? Do you have somebody in mind? Yeah, you left probably the most important one off the list, mm-hmm. Christian Javier. And that's, as you look at the starting rotation, they need others to emerge. And Javier was supposed to be that guy as a, somebody that they gave a pretty big extension to before last season. He was good early in the year, and then he fell off a cliff. And that's a guy that you need to know, can he be a an upper-level starting pitcher for an entire season. Mm-hmm. And it's a good one. I had to leave some meat on the bone for you guys. The the answer last year was no. He was not. And, you know, there were a couple of decent starts towards the end of the year. Had a couple of good postseason starts. But, I mean, for the most part, he, he wasn't good enough last year when you consider the the expectations. Like, there were people who were touting him as a as a possible Cy Young candidate. Now, that was crazy. Uh, but he, he wasn't even close to that. So... Like that's a guy that they need, and that's a guy that you really need to learn if he can really actually do that role. Otherwise, you have to start thinking about other ways that he can contribute to the team. So yeah, that, Cy Young candidate, like maybe, no, that was maybe no, one was, day in his, you know, in in the future because we've seen him when he's able to kind of harness everything together. I mean, the guy kind of like Fromber can be literally unhittable at times, and but, but Framber has done it. For multiple seasons. Yeah, he's got a track record Um, that Christian doesn't. The the second half of last year notwithstanding, he was an all-star the year before. He was very good. Uh, Once he got healthy in 2021, he Mm -hmm. was very good. Uh, The entire, you know, short season in 2020. So, I mean, 
he's got a track record. Plus, he's been a really good postseason starter mm-hmm. uh, up until last year. Last year was really the first time that he that he did not have success in the postseason. So I, I think that that for me, that's number one on the list. Some of the other guys you mentioned, like with me, Chaz McCormick is going to be 29 in two months. Like I pretty much know what Chaz McCormick is at this point. He's going to be an above average hitter, especially against lefties. Probably not good enough to play every day in center field, depending on who you've got on the mound. But he's a fine big league player. See, I think that's crazy. I Explain what you're seeing versus what I think I'm seeing and a lot of other people are seeing well, when just, they say Chaz McCormick should be and should have been the everyday starting center fielder well, for the been. Astros I, last I had, year. I, I had no issue with how they used him just because defensively, I don't think he's quite good enough. And if I'm going to have a staff full of fly ball pitchers, like they, the way that they would use him, he played center field plenty, but they made sure that he was playing center field when the ground ball pitchers were on the mound. Mm-hmm. Hunter Brown is starting. Uh, Framber Valdez is starting. He's playing center field because you know the, you don't need to worry about as many balls being in the air. Uh, I, I don't speed wise, not great. He's fine. He's probably above average when it comes to speed and running down balls in center field, but the arm strength is what really hurts him. And teams have no issue testing that arm. They lost a game to the Yankees. I think it was early September. And the Yankees scored a bunch of like cheap runs off of him just because they were testing his arm. Like, okay, we're going to, you know, we might hit shallow fly balls to the outfield, but it's to the center and we're just going to run on McCormick and see if he can throw us out. And he couldn't. So that's his big issue, and that's why you don't necessarily trust him out in center field every single day. It's because the throwing arm isn't good. What's enough. the what's the margin between um, Chaz McCormick's arm, his velocity, accuracy versus a guy like Jake Myers? So Myers' arm, and even Dubon, because well, so Dubon, Dubon is better than he's by far the best out of the three. Um, Myers' arm isn't great, but it's starting to come back. I, part of me wonders how much of that is due to the shoulder injury, because remember. That was a pretty serious shoulder injury that he suffered. Was that his glove hand or his arm? It was or his throwing. I'm arm. not sure which one I it th- was. I thought it was his glove arm. I'm not. I but, thought it was his left shoulder, and he'd slammed into the wall with his left. I can't shoulder, remember which one. But he's from an upper body standpoint. I mean, it still could obviously play a factor. Yeah, and the arm strength did start to come back a little bit last year. Like it got better last year. So, like, can he continue to elevate that? Because when it comes to running balls down in center field, Myers is better. Myers is a lot better. Um throwing it's Dubon like Dubon is far and away better than than the other two when it comes to throwing the ball but you'd rather have Myers out there just for his ability to run things down now McCormick's 29 he'll be 29 in two months he's not getting he's not going to get any faster and remember he added a little bit of weight last year too so that slows you down a little bit more you look good though did you see him report I have not today? seen you look pretty good everybody looks good in spring training I know, but that, that you got to come in looking good at spring. No, so he looked good. Uh, Christian Javier looked a little thinner. Framber, uh, Framber, that was pretty noticeable. Him looking thinner might have been minus the uh, fake hair. Well, he looked thinner in other areas too. <laughs> yeah, but I but figure that one out. Like McCormick, as I, I think I like McCormick as a corner guy though. Like McCormick in left field, and we'll see how much you know. He's uh, they've made it pretty clear. That McCormick is going to play every day. It's just a matter of, is he going to play left field or is he going to play center field? And, you know, when Framber pitches, it's very easy. Ground ball pitcher, McCormick goes to center, you play Alvarez in left. And then, you obviously, you have Tucker in right. That's the easy one. When you start getting the fly ball pitchers, when it's Javier, then, hey, or, and when it's Verlander, when it's Javier, it's going to be Myers in center, it's going to be McCormick in left, and the DH is going to be Alvarez. Like I think that you can pretty much set your clock to that right. being how they you, line up. You think they're going to go Myers in center over uh, JV's personal center fielder and Mauricio Most likely, Dubon. because I do think that they, they want to make sure that they get as much information about Jake Myers as they can. And I think that Myers, point. Myers, Myers should be on your list just because, again, defensively, people around the league will tell you he's elite. Like, that's how good he is defensively. I was talking to a GM from another team last year. He's like, yeah, it's just a matter of, is he going to play? And offensively, that's what's held him back. And each of the last two years, like when he came back from the injury in 2022, he started off really well offensively. You go look at the numbers. Those first couple of weeks, he was really good. Last year, he started off really strong offensively, and then he fell off a cliff. The big problem for Myers the last couple of years, when he slumps, he can never break out of the slump. And so that's what he's got to be able to figure out how to do. Like you're, It's a six-month season. It's a very long season. 
you have to figure out how to work your way out of a slump. And if Myers can figure out how to, if Myers can get off to a good start again, and then when the inevitable slump happens, if he can break out of it and fix himself from that slump, then I think he'll be just fine in center field. And I think that he's going to to prove to be a really good center fielder because, again, that's a guy who last year, if he plays every day or if he plays, let's say, five out of seven games, mm-hmm. that's the type of guy who could win a gold glove in center field. That's how good he is. Yeah, you just got to get the, uh, the games under your belt. You know, just to reference the numbers that you pointed out, through the first 20... 20- Four games of the season last year for, for Jake Myers. Myers. Through the first twenty-four games, he was hitting three hundred two. What was the OPS? Uh, OPS was seven eighty-eight. Right, but but hold on, that's through the first twenty-four. Rewind eight games. That's really where he accumulated all those numbers. He went on an eight-game hitting streak because prior to that, he started off hitting one fifty-eight with a three ninety-six OPS. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um. Well, there there was an there look, was a time that's, that's baseball. Yeah. The point that I'm trying to make is you say to get off to a hot start last year. Okay, you can get off to a hot start and start over twelve, and then have a hell of a well, you know, next started couple 0 for eighteen. I think. Last yeah, year. you know, I always think back to this, and you know this, but, you but can relate. Go, but, go look though while you're speaking, and I'm sorry to make you do that, but no. go go look at the numbers for 2022 when he first came off the IL. Because, again, he was pretty good that first stretch in 22 yeah. when he came back from the shoulder injury, and then he just fell off a cliff. And, and oh, well, 2022, sure. I mean, everybody had thought, hey, here comes the center fielder of the future. There's no question so, about so that. So this is, if he can put together, and they're going to give him a chance to, and that's the big thing, and they've they've made it very clear that they didn't go and sign, they didn't go bring in another outfielder from outside the organization. I think that when, when Brantley retired, and everybody knew Brantley wasn't coming back, but they could have gone to go find another outfielder from outside the organization in free agency. They yeah. did not do that because I think that they, first of all, they wanted McCormick to be on the field, and then they wanted a better idea of what they have in Myers. Uh, five out of the first 14 games that Jake Myers played in 2022, he had a multi-hit game yeah. and was hitting 314. And this is coming off of basically a rehab assignment. Yeah. And then he and then he hit a fell off a cliff and he couldn't and he could not. Find his way out of that. Club. He's a big one. But look, it's baseball. There's ebbs and flows. I always remember, you know, when Brad Ausmus was the everyday catcher, you know, for seven, eight, nine years with the Houston Astros back in the day, that sucker would start the season hitting, you know, 350, 400, <laughs> you know. And, you know, that's not going to continue. He'd end the season, you know, as a 230, 235 guy, maybe even a little bit lower than that. I mean, that's just what it is. You are who you are. Who is Jose Abreu? That's one of the biggest ones that I don't feel like we're talking enough about um, because there's really been so much, so many other guys to focus on and ask questions about, particularly with pitching and now with this outfield situation and Jordan maybe playing a little bit more left, Michael Brantley not being back. Uh, Yiner Diaz has taken a lot of the attention because he's going to be the guy uh, behind the plate more times than not this season. Um, Jose Abreu is a big one for me. Is he a guy? And I, I, I don't, I don't put too much stock in how he'd finished the latter port, portion of last season and into the postseason. I just feel like the numbers that we saw in Chicago tell a more accurate story about who he's becoming versus who he still can be. Well, he's older. And exactly. So you're, it is just a matter of how healthy is he? Because I think that was a bigger issue than people realized or that he was willing to admit last year, the health uh, and then do they do a better job of cycling him out of the lineup? Because I, I do think that was probably a mistake that they made was just playing him day after day. Like, yeah. he's he's not a guy who should probably be playing 20 straight games. They're going to have to manage him. And yeah. They might have options at first base. Well, so they year. do. And, and I think Caratini is going to get some starts at first base. A, a left It gives them another left-handed hitter mm-hmm. in the lineup, which I think that they, they think he's a switch hitter. But, you know, a, a lefty bat against right-handed pitching, I think that's going to be important. So... And Espada said this last week that he's going to take ground balls at first base. Yeah. So I, I do think that you are going to see some Caratini play first base. I think you'll see John Singleton if he makes the team out of spring training. He'll get some opportunities at first base as well. And again, I just think it's about when you've got a guy who's 37, 38 years old, whatever he's at now, you have to do a better job of managing the off days. And no matter how much he tells you he feels good and no matter how much he tells you that he wants to play, you need to make sure that he is getting days off because if you don't, man, you just, it's hard to, it it is hard to get the best out of a Mm -hmm. guy at that age 
when he's just on his feet day after day after day. So if that means some DH days, if he's going well, if if that gets him off his feet, you know, for half a game, that's not a bad thing because first base is a physical position and it's not something that people would realize, but you're having to get in that crouch pitch after pitch after pitch, man, it wears on you. It wears on your legs. And if your legs aren't strong, it's going to be really tough to hit. Sure. Well, and the occasional stretch and pick, too. He's uh, 37, just turned 37 18 days ago. Let's get to uh, John from the Southwest side joining us on Area 45. You're on Sports Radio 610. What's up, John? You got about 60 seconds. Hey, man. How y'all doing, man? Good. Hey, man. I like when y'all brought up the subject about Jake Myers. You know, I'm not, and I love Jake and I love all Astros, but I'm not understanding this infatuation. This reminds me of when we had Jake Marisnik, and Jake Marisnik was a much better outfielder, faster and everything else than Jake Myers. But really, what it comes right down to, man, is look, you got to have a player that can play decent on defense and can still hit. You cannot have a player that only play one side of the ball that can play defense, but he can't hit. We've seen that too many times. We just got rid of our back catcher that can't hit. You got bases loaded, and you got him coming up, and he can't hit. We can't have that, man, especially if you got Chad McCormick and you got Dubon in the dugout, and he's out there playing. I'm not going to like that at all, and I love him to death, but he has to learn how to hit. And that's all it is to that. You weren't born hitting as a baby. Learn how to hit. There's no excuse for that. Hey, man, y'all have a good one. Appreciate you, John. Thanks for weighing in, man. Yeah, you go back and you look at Jake Marisnik's numbers. He had, he had a little bit of pop, but, you know, in terms of average on base percentage, OPS, uh, you know, for the small sample size that we have of Chaz McCormick right now, those numbers, um, not necessarily all that comparable. Myers is a little bit better in terms of average on base percentage and OPS. Um, and in terms of the pop, you know, Marisnik had a little bit more, but I think maybe the Astros believe that Myers could get that, develop that um, if he's able to stay healthy. 713-572-4610. If you'd like to be a part of the show, like John, you could call, you could text, be a part of the chat on Twitch and YouTube. Twitch and YouTube. Um, coming up next... Is D'Amico Ryans' former squad self-destructing? We'll explain next at Sports Radio 610. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bishani and Creighton. Kind of crazy to continue to monitor what's going on in San Francisco after their uh, loss in Super Bowl 58 to Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I feel like almost every single day, Spo, it's something different. And uh, I, I don't know if self-destruction is too strong just yet, but the impetus of it is all there. The signs are all there. Literally moments after the 25-22 overtime loss to the Chiefs, people questioning Kyle Shanahan's preparedness, decision-making, knowledge of the rules, all of the above. And the days following... Since firing his defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, after just one season, who, by the way, (laughs) you know, this was completely shocking to literally everybody. Did a pretty good job in his first year, all things considering. Um, I don't know if you've done that deep dive in comparison of the numbers and where Frisco's defense ranked under Wilkes' watch versus D'Amico's, but in a lot of areas, it was still top 10, upper echelon of the league. Certainly it was in scoring defense, where it was third in terms of EPA and all of the advanced metrics that that's measured by. It was a little bit of a fall off, but man, when you get to the finger pointing by the players and just the um, dysfunction that there appears to be, where there's one, I can't, it's like an ant, like a cockroach, where there's one, there's more. 
And between Brandon Ayuk and Fam making uh, cryptic messages on IG and videos and offensive linemen going back and forth pointing fingers in a drunken uh, you know, Twitter exchange, it has not been a good look for D'Amico Ryan's former squad. It was hard. Like you just lost the biggest game of your life in pretty heartbreaking fashion. Like that's natural for that sort of stuff to come out. And it's natural for people to point, especially a game like that, where it just comes down to a handful of plays. So like all that is pretty natural. It's unfortunate that it's kind of gone down the way that it has over the last five days or so, but that's your whole career builds up to that moment. I get it for it to, to go down and for it to end the way that it did. It's obviously it's too bad. I don't see I, the Shanahan stuff is, is weird. Um, the overtime stuff, it, it looks bad um, just because you have Kansas city basically was obviously well-prepared for the overtime and all the players knew what to expect. Whereas you have, and I'm sure you've seen some of the, uh, the mic'd up segments yeah. and you have Kyle Yuschuk asking, so if we score a touchdown, they still get the ball, right? Mm-hmm. And so clearly the 49ers players did not fully know what to expect. Now I believe the coaches knew what to expect and the reasoning that they had for taking the ball first, I get it. I, I don't necessarily think that that was the wrong decision. Obviously, I don't either. I it, think it tur- I would have done the same thing yeah, to Shanahan, it, it, it honestly. Tur- it turned out to be the wrong decision um, just because of how Kansas City was going to play and how we know Kansas City was going to play it um, now that we have seen this game happen and now that the players have mentioned it. But that's a hard position to be in. Like It's hard to, to be essentially the guinea pigs for a brand new rule. And unfortunately for the Niners, they had to play guinea pig in the biggest game of, of, of the season the biggest game that it, for the most part, most of these guys will play in. So I don't think anybody totally knew what to expect or what to think. And as Shanahan said, like we talked about it as a staff, we went through it with our analytics people and our, our analytics people said that you want the ball first because you do want the ball third, because then the game becomes sudden death. And if Kansas city goes for two, you know, if Kansas, if you score your touchdown and Kansas city matches and they go for two, then so be it. I mean, it becomes a 50, 50 chance. Once again, I do think this is an interesting point, or this is, if you're San Francisco in that spot, and and I think now as we see this play out a little bit more, Mm -hmm. you're almost better off in that spot. If you get the ball first, either punt or get the touchdown. Like you don't, it's almost like you don't want the field goal. Like the field goal is probably the worst thing that can happen. Like you see it with like a normal overtime game. Team team gets the ball first, they go three and out, and it's and it, the feeling is, oh man, they just punted. This team is going to come down. They're going to win the game. Usually, it doesn't work like that because now it's still a three down game for that team. So if I go and I kick the field goal, it's it's now becomes a four down game for the other team after they get the ball. So they're going to start going for it. They're going to be a whole lot more aggressive. They're going to start going for it now on fourth down. Where if I just punt it to them. It's still a three-down game. They're not going for it on a fourth and one. That's fair, generally speaking. But in terms of where you potentially are punting from, what kind of well, I'm not you saying you, I'm not saying you punt from it a, from the from the thirty-five. But I'm saying, well, I mean, if you're going three and out, you probably go for it though. It, that's what like if I think if San Francisco had to do it over again, they probably should have just gone for the touchdown. I think that's just overthinking it, probably and. But again, it's, here's here's we're, what it, here's we're where seeing I came a rule. From. We're seeing a rule though that had and and I, listen. There's nothing the, the it's NFL a rule that was changed because of what Kansas yeah, City did to Buffalo. But we and, had not seen it like we had not seen a game played under those rules before. And I right. think and listen, there's nothing you can do. Like you can't force an overtime game in the playoffs. You just can't do it. But man, it, it would have been nice to have seen. I'm sure. San Francisco and Kansas City both would like to have seen a game played out under those rules just to see how it might have worked out before, how other teams might have done it before. Here's the thing. You know, we very well could have been having a a different conversation. You know, as Pat Mahomes and I think a couple other Kansas City Chiefs mentioned after that game, you know, like, hey, you know, we're the reason for the rule change and we just happen to benefit from it. Well, they very well could have been the reason for the rule change and have been the victim of it. If, in fact... Kansas City gets the ball first. 
does what San Francisco did. Either maybe if they punt or they just go for the field goal, if Frisco goes down there and scores a touchdown like they damn near did, just stalled out on their nine on the nine yard line on a third and four, you know, um, that very well could have happened. But Kansas City had just had a 12-13 play drive, albeit in less than two minutes. That's a lot of energy spent by a defense going, yeah. you know, the length of the field. So if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I didn't have a problem with that decision. I'm making the same decision, I think, if I had it to do for him. And, yeah, give me the ball because there was no reason for me not to trust Brock Purdy in this offense. They had shown me no reason to doubt their ability. And he almost went down and scored a touchdown. And they might have if maybe you execute a block or just have a second longer of an opportunity to get through an extra read and make a better throw. But I wonder, thinking through all of this, as I, I would have gone for the fourth down. I would have gone for it on fourth down and not take, not even from the nine. I don't care. I, you got to you gotta know who you're playing against in that spot. And that, that's a fair point because by your scenario that you asked about or maybe said should have played out, yeah, you know what? It, it almost would have been better if the Niners you know, would have punted instead of settling for the field goal in that situation. Or well, going for it on fourth down. If you, you go it, for you it on it. fourth down, where do they? Where does Kansas City take over on? The nine. The nine-yard yeah. line. They've got to drive the length of the field. You know, you probably feel pretty good about a good and defense's chance. they only get three situations. downs, too. They're I only think, taking three downs. Yeah. They're not going for it on any fourth downs. In all likelihood. In all likelihood. It depends on where you're at, field, yeah. field position-wise, and how much Kansas City would trust their very good defense themselves. Yeah. The hypotheticals, it's a dangerous game because you forget just how good both of those teams are on both sides of the football. But thinking through all of this, as I was going to say, I just... I wondered if this type of behavior was maybe something that D'Amico Ryans is sitting back and reading and watching this week and saying, damn, you know, I, I can kind of see that. Like, doesn't really surprise me because he knows he knows these coaches. He knows these players. He doesn't know Steve Wilkes. He knows Shanahan. He knows of him. Steve Wilkes is oh, yeah. his first time in he the never, NFL. He never, he never but he knows Kyle Shanahan yeah. in terms of his thinking and expectation. Now, for Wilkes, if you believe what we've all been reading and hearing about, that you know Wilkes was trying to put his own spin and was more slanted towards 3-4 versus a 4-3 uh, preference for Shanahan. But it's only thinking like maybe D'Amico's seeing a lot of this behavior, the finger pointing and you know being way too public with your thoughts. You know, there's that sentiment amongst all athletes when you're dealing with the media don't share too much you don't have to it's unnecessary it just creates this type of firestorm yeah but if that were the case with Shanahan because they've lost a bunch of big games over the last five years this is a team that has been to two Super Bowls now and in four NFC championships it's not like Shanahan made any rash decisions after those other losses like they lost the Super Bowl five years ago they didn't do anything crazy after that they lost the NFC Championship game in 21. Didn't do anything crazy. After, and they blew a lead in, in that NFC Championship game. They got unlucky in losing the NFC Championship game last year when, mm-hmm. when all the quarterbacks got hurt, but they didn't do anything rash after that. So I, I think that this is just, in terms of specifically with Steve Wilkes, I think Shanahan probably knew pretty early on that this probably wasn't the guy. Me and him probably aren't aligned with our views of how defense should be played in this league. And... You don't want to make a change during the season because then you get what happened in Philadelphia where that only made things worse. Yeah. And, and Matt Patricia only made things worse. And you don't probably have anybody. Like, I, I think that they probably now, I'll be interested to see who they hire to replace Steve Wilkes. But if they just hire from within, I think that in all honesty, Shanahan is looking for another D'Amico Ryans or another Robert Sala, somebody who's worked under that scheme before. Yeah. And then now you just elevate whoever. If you make a move like that immediately after the Super Bowl, from a guy who you might have disagreed with, but this still did a pretty good job, especially based on the talent that you have in-house. Like You have to have a pretty damn good idea who you want already, I would think. But that whole situation kind of reminded me of the 2018 postseason game between uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the, the New England Patriots. You remember the game where D. Ford oh, pretty, yeah. pretty much cost the Chiefs an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl? Maybe it's a little bit strong, but he jumped off sides on a third and 10, made it a third and five. Long story short, Brady hits Gronk for 25 yards. They go down, score a touchdown, bada bing, bada boom. They go to overtime and the Patriots win it. But still, it was that close. Chiefs were that close. The Chiefs fired yeah, Bob, Bob Sutton, Sutton literally like the next day 
which cleared the path for Steve Spagnuolo to come in. And we all know the rest of the story. He's now won three Super Bowls since he's been the D.C. But that kind of reminded me of that because if you win a Super Bowl with Bob Sutton and his defense sucked that year, I think they were bottom three in total defense. But if you win the Super Bowl, are you fine in your D.C.? Probably. I think you know as a coach. And it's not about it. It's a... Who are how are we aligned in, in this thing? And I haven't had a chance to look. I, like I'm sure assistant coaches have been fired. I, the Astros made coaching changes after winning the World Series in 17. And so, like sometimes you just know if you are aligned with this guy or if you are not aligned with this guy. Uh, well, but I, I do think that the challenge though that can't, that San Francisco has and Shanahan has is you got to piece this thing back together mm-hmm. because obviously this is a really bad finish. For a season and for a good team, and you can and like how many times can you lose in big games the way that they have lost to where it just the whole thing doesn't unravel. But I, that's what I want to see from Shanahan is how he's able to keep this whole thing together because <laughs> Tex, Texans in 2019, 24 nothing in Kansas City, and that was it. Yeah, like that that was it. Like this, the, they never recovered from that. The Rockets in Game Seven against Golden State, they never recovered from that. Like James Harden was out on Chris Paul, like. As soon as that game was over, as soon as that series was over, because he didn't feel like he could trust him. He didn't feel like that he could, you know, survive an entire season. And so, like, that's that's the challenge of the coach. That's the challenge of John Lynch and the leaders on that team. we got to try and keep this thing together. He's Adam Spolane, Sean Bajani. It's Area 45. Uh, coming up next, we'll roll into hour number two, the most underrated and overrated positions of need for the Texans this offseason We'll see what Spo thinks about that, and I'll give you a couple when we return. It's Sports Radio 610. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 